I was away recently. I was uh, kind of asking God, what's next for us? What's on your agenda? And uh, I began to get this thing about a spirit of adventure, and I want to begin to share that. I felt it was God's answer to, to me being led to pose that question. And uh, so I want to talk to you this morning, not teaching, not an exhortation. It's a kind of uh, invitation. And uh, we will talk in a bit about a particular Bible character that's always been very... Uh, I've always liked it very much, um, the character of Caleb. If I'd have been allowed, my first child would have been called Caleb. But I was overruled by a higher authority. <laughs> Still. Yeah. I know, I know, son. Yeah, yeah. I know I can depend on you, especially if there's any danger of a handout. When I was quite uh, quite a young Christian, God was beginning to draw me to himself. At that time, I read uh, various books, often autobiographies. And I read a book that some of you may have read about a uh, missionary to China called Isabel Kuhn. And the title of the book was Give Me This Mountain. It was based around the whole issue uh, or life of... Or, or in, what shall I say, inspired by the life of Caleb. It was a, a book that had profound effect upon me, not just the story of Caleb, but I feel that God can speak to us many ways. And one of those ways, of course, is through books and other people's experiences, uh, what they've actually uh, experienced and learned from it. So over this next period of time, we're going to spend some time looking uh, with a purpose of receiving the very thing that God is talking about, about what's next for us, making whatever adjustments are necessary to engage in that. Um, I, I want it to kind of fill our thinking. Uh, I don't want it to just be something that, oh yeah, all right, we heard that. Um, so I want you to engage and participate, and I'm going to go through the beginning of it today, um, and I want you to think, as we're going through, any questions that come to mind? And at the end, or before we finish, I'll say, what questions have you got? Which I would either answer then, or it will help me with the next stage of communicating this. You, can you help me in that? Okay. There will also be an opportunity to respond and uh, during the course of, not, not necessarily all today, obviously, but we'll look at what's involved in this, what are some of the obstacles, where, is, where if anywhere, is the fear factor, what's the timing, what's the mandate that would cause us to, to feel this. And consistent with that, I was just thinking a bit about what has God been saying to us recently. 
Now, I'm, I'm not trying to give a list of everything that we, we've covered in every session, um, including uh, the things which are not Sunday morning, because a lot of teaching and that goes on that's not Sunday morning, a lot of sharing in the Word. But I was thinking back over the last few weeks and, and that time when I shared, I felt the whole issue of mindset was very, very key. And uh, we, we kind of dwelt on that. And then uh, I think it was Neil talked to us about um, Gideon and the, the fear factor. And then we looked at the whole issue of the God of intervention that made the complete difference. And we talked about, um, do you remember the story we used of Bartimaeus, the letting go of, of coping mechanisms, the things that we would otherwise depend on to help us in a, a given situation which wasn't the best situation. Um, Hans talked to us about the whole issue of the good soil uh, and the making use of that. And then last week, um, the Simmons family, I was going to say the Simmons family Robinson, but that's not quite right, is it? I need to think of a name there. But <coughs> Shared with us, they're interesting. The what if, the kind of that, that sort of, uh, what if this happens? What if that happens? as against the God-filled imagination of really what it could be with God's involvement. Uh, and uh, an intriguing look at that. And I think that uh, these things come together. Uh, God's calling us to, uh, to let go of any obstacle or fear or anything like that and set out on the next stage of uh, an exciting journey and uh, as I said we give you opportunity to respond so adventure what is adventure well uh, dictionary says an unusual and exciting or daring experience Ken and I were having a walk on Friday we do it from time to time because it's the responsibility of Ken and I to set the world straight and that that needs concentrated time um, and uh, we have now a global plan so if you choose to vote for us uh, we can we can deal with that uh, but on this walk which we, we kind of knew where we were going but we got to a point and um, you know you're reading all this about not um, into messing with cows because you used to think they were calm now they keep killing people and things like that you know it's, and there was this, this footpath that went across this field of lots of cows, big ones. And there was also another track that sort of went round, but, you know, we were up for an adventure. Well, at least Ken is. <laughs> so, we, okay, and then there were some people coming the other way, and we said, oh, no, that's fine, that's obviously the thing to do. We weren't sure that that was the footpath. We said, you know, we're young, we're, we're ready for adventure. Let's, let's not go around that. But the people coming the other way, they didn't come straight across. They suddenly went round the edge. But, you know, we were up for it. So, until, well, we thought we'd just walk past. But then the cows began to take an interest in us. <laughs> we started 
various calling to one another in cow language. And then I looked and, I mean, it's quite a lot, it's a big field, a couple, I don't know, a hundred or so, they're all coming towards us. Ken reassured me, he said they're, they're just interested in us. It was an adventure, not one that we were actually choosing, exciting or daring experience. I suppose for Ken and me, that probably is about us. And we're not going to go rock climbing, are we? You know? Or uh, what do you call that? Hang gliding. Uh, I was walking once in Devon and uh, just on the top of the cliff. And this guy said, oh, would you help me get launched in my hang glider? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, willing to help. So I had to do certain things and do up certain things and then somehow, I don't know, we don't have to run with him or you had to run with him and then duck out of the way. You know, in the meantime, my wife texts the family, John's hang gliding. <laughs> there were a variety of responses. Dictionary, engage in a daring or risky activity. All right, let's just stop right there. It's nice to talk about adventure, but when we begin to understand what it means, hmm, I'm bringing to you, my brothers and sisters, this is what I believe God is saying for us in this next stage, this next season. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Stepping out and accepting risk. So let's think about adventure. And I, as I was thinking about it, I thought um, one of our favourite places we, is walking in, in Dune Valley on Exmoor um, beside that, that stream or river and uh, you know maybe then uh, after a while sitting down and a, on a grassy bank and the babbling brook is there and over above is a blue sky with white fluffy clouds and and uh, we might even have a sandwich. And uh, there may be that in the sandwich, the filling is equal to the bread, which is like heaven itself, you know? <laughs> and I began to think about that. And I thought, well, that's nice. And I like it. But is it an adventure? Then my mind went on to something else, Hannah. Thank you. And that was, uh, we were in the States, and we were in Northern California, and uh, it was in the summertime um, by Mammoth Mountain. And whilst you don't ski at that time, they've got a big thing of mountain biking down the mountain. So one of my sons, and subsequently another one, decided they wanted to mountain bike down the mountain. And my wife, quite understandably, said they can't go on their own, you have to go with them. <laughs> now, I'm looking at that, and they look very reasonable pathways compared with what they made me ride on. 
I mean, they were much narrower than that, and there was a drop-off to one side, and I hadn't been on a bike for years and years and years. Now, that, to me, spoke more of an adventure. Thanks, Hannah. Can you put the lights back on? Uh, I won't show you the rest of it, because it's too much excitement in one day. Is <laughs> See, that was more of an adventure than the babbling brook. It had an element of, yeah, reaching out into something I probably might not have chosen to do, and certainly hadn't ever done before, and hadn't even been on a bike for a considerable time before. And we survived to tell the tale. Adventure. I'm trying to kind of think different things. There was another time, it was many years ago, we've been in the States, I think five people there for three months. So five people, three months' worth of luggage. We were making our way to Mark McGrath's, but we were in Washington, D.C. So we arrived there, and then we've got to rent a car and drive... I don't know where... Was he in New Jersey then? Or He was in New Jersey. Okay. I can't remember. Anyway, it's a long way. So we, we arrive in the rental parking place on a car. In our mind, I suppose we're thinking American cars, great big sort of boats, you know, with enormous space. Of course, life has changed. And the guy looked, he said, Not nothing. Nothing that you're going to get that lot in. Oh, we're slightly stuck. And one of, the, one of my children, I'm sure it was Nathan, um, said, Let, let's pray. <laughs> so we, we did. We prayed. And then the guy said, hey, wait a minute. I've got over in the corner. We've not used it in a long time. There is a vehicle that might do. And lo and behold, it was just what we needed. In spite of the fact when we got to Mark McGrath's, he looked at us and looked at the vehicle and he said, you came in that? <laughs> now, <coughs> I suppose that was consistent with pursuing an adventure. I don't think I'd do it now. I mean, I'd book it up beforehand, make arrangements beforehand. And I'm, what I want you to understand is that as God is saying these things to me, he's showing me, for us, the difference between the um, dependable, predictable, and what he wants for us in coming days. And uh, then he shows me, uh, you know, things that happen. It always does this. And I'm thinking about Dave Ackerman. Now, Dave Ackerman... He's a lovely guy. Is he here? No, not here. Good, I can talk about it. Oh, he's over the back. Oh, hiding. Um, he's a good guy. I mean, he's not going to come home rolling drunk or rob a bank or, you know. He's kind of someone you can depend on and not going to be outrageous. And then one day he jumps on a plane and he's in his... Ages, he's over, he's over 21, jumps on a plane, goes on a team to Zimbabwe. 
I think, oh, I think I'm understanding something, Lord, what you're saying. Then I'm still sitting there thinking, and I think, Lorraine Herbert. I mean, she's worked, she's been a steady, reliable member of this church. She worked in retail. Um, she, she don't, not going to do anything crazy. The next thing you know, she's jumping on a plane to go to Iraq in the team. Lord, what, what am I picking up? What am I, what am I hearing? I'm beginning to get a picture of what you really want. These significant things help me to understand. Then as we go back, um, was remembering, uh, it would be back when, uh, probably when Jamie was a, a teenager, when they had their uh, SAS, some of you were involved in that special assault, something rather, anyway, it was prayer, but prayer group. One day, do you remember Myra, who used, was with us for a while, he saw him walk past guy suffering from cancer. And God just dropped something into his mind. We're going to see this guy healed. And these young people, teenagers, came together and they prayed through to see that guy healed of that cancer. To me, that's, that's a different type. It's not sort of riding down a mountain, but that's an adventure. That's stepping out in God. That's hearing him and going ahead to do it. So let's remember that God promises us um, that we should have, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And that includes something, that, you know, it's not just the same old, same old. Uh, he promises when he fills us with the Holy Spirit that he will give us power, his power to be his witnesses. So we need to kind of think, what, what does that look like? What should that look like in this next season? And how are we going to lay hold of that? Well, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to make us discontent with the status quo. And to give us uh, an enhanced ability to, to spot opportunities, his opportunities for adventure on the basis that we will step out, kind of put our weight to go over the bridge. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adventure. And he's, he's causing us to move against the, any constraints that we have uh, put on him because he's got something additional and something more. And then you see in Philippians 2 it tells us it's God who, who works within us to create the desire as well as give us the ability to do his good pleasure. So we're beginning now, and this is what we'll do, beginning to say, hmm, okay, so, hmm, I wonder what this looks like. I wonder what this entails. I think, hmm, sounds interesting. So, I want us to look at the story of, of Caleb. 
And to help us, I've invited him to join us and share something of his experience. I'm a very old man. I'm a very, very old man. I, my bones are old. My skull is old. My eyes I can hardly see. I'm barely got a voice. Who am I kidding? I'm 85, not 185. There are some people who say an 85-year-old man needs to stoop. There are some people who say an 85-year-old man needs to take care, needs to go easy in old life.
until one clear night, like the one tonight, we stood outside Jericho and saw it smoldering. And you know what? Some of the giants were underneath the boulders that comprised the walls that had fallen down. We didn't even have to lay a finger on them. God smote them. Because God was always going to be on our side. He's not some kind of a shirking God who waits for you to attack and then thinks, well, leave him to it. No, he gets involved. He sends earthquakes and fire and wind. And then Joshua said something to me. Now, Joshua, you have to understand, is a man of wisdom. He is a general. He is also a wicked sense of humor. He said to me, okay, Caleb, son of Jephune, if you're so great, you go get your next inheritance. What would you like me to give you? Would you like a pond? Would you like a, a little shop somewhere in nice, cozy backwater? Would you like a library? Or over 80 now, you need to sit around in libraries. I said, no, I want that city on a hill. I saw the sunrise blinking off it 40 years ago, and I said, I want that city. Hebron. He said, it's full of giants. How are you going to get your old bones up that hill, let alone conquer it? I said, what do you try? So I went, me and my army, my small army, and you know who leads my army? My nephew. He's a lot older now. He can wield a much bigger sword. And he fought by my side valiantly. See, if you're going to succeed in this life, you need to follow the Lord God of hosts. And believe you me, he doesn't leave you to it. He fights with you. He sends earthquakes and fire. He has fun with you. So you've got to step out there. Three things you need. An unshakable, unswervable faith in Almighty God. Thank you very much, Caleb, for inspiring us with that story of your life. And uh, we hope next week it will be um, maybe Epaphroditus. Interesting to think, Caleb began life in Egypt, in slavery, and his deliverance was by the blood of the Lamb. And we are a people that can identify with that, who began our life in slavery, in slavery to sin, and our deliverance is by the blood of the Lamb by what Jesus has done, bringing us into the place that we can actually be who and what he wants us to be. He was one of the 12 spies, of course, sent out. Ten of them despised the land, spoke to the people, such a negative way the people wanted to go back. 
In fact, you could argue the majority were walking by sight, not by faith. They saw the obstacles, whereas Caleb and Joshua saw the possibilities and the opportunities. Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. But there's a choice between the negative and the positive. Actually, it's the same choice that the Simmons were bringing to us last week. The what if, or what has God got in mind between the two things. Uh, was he popular because he wanted to pursue what God was giving? Was he popular because he was prepared to go with the adventure? No. We read the story, actually wanted to stone him. Uh, he was that unpopular because he spoke against the majority. But he had a desire to be faithful to what God has said. And his faith was rewarded with the promise. And that promise was a benefit not just to him, but to his subsequent generations, to his heirs. And we have to keep in mind that in the responsibility I touched on last week when I spoke to you, that God re keeps, retains unto himself a, a, a remnant of people who are responsible for the generation, responsible to pray your kingdom come, your will be done, to, to see that change. And I believe that in coming days we will increasingly see opportunity and expression of that. I see the green shoots of that. I see the possibilities of that. Whether it be through faith action or the things that we've done in the community and the, the credibility that we've built up or through a completely different way, we're yet to know. So he went on. But in the intervening time, it wasn't totally pleasant. You know, in that time of walking in the wilderness, all the things that happened, all the people that were growing up with him, he had to see die and perish. All the problems, all the moaning, all the complaining. Oh, let me go back to Egypt. I remember the cucumbers. I mean, all that nonsense. The desire to go back to slavery. Yeah, I guess... There was plenty to dampen your spirit. Um, but he kept his heart pure, kept focused on what God was saying. Others, they kind of got in the way. I mean, he could have gone 40 years before and inherited the promise of God. So he's walking with the people over all those years that actually were the obstacle to what he knew that God had got in store and what God had said. But he had the sure and secure basis of God's word. That's the only basis. God's word is the only basis for claiming his blessing and his purpose. There isn't any other. He kept that. And by the way, true strength is a person with faith, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We saw when Caleb 
told his story that, frankly, the spiritual age was far more relevant than the natural age. We truly believe that to be the case. And he fought the battles that were his to fight, even if he'd had to kind of, I don't know, hold his peace in a way for 40-odd years in the wilderness. He completely followed the Lord. Interesting thing, the expectation that they may well have had, you could have understand them having, was that they would just walk into the land. It's the land I'm giving you. But somewhere along the way, there was an adjustment. They had to grapple with the fact that in order to possess the land, they were going to have to fight the giants and fight the inhabitants and deal with the issue. So the strength of God's promise and God's word allowed them to uh, adapt to their changing expectations rather than their expectations determined whether they would pursue or not pursue what God was saying. Of course, he also understood the challenges, faced the truth about the situation, but had faith in God, power to make him successful and to be a blessing to future generations. He wasn't denying that there were giants there. But you see, in, in seeing God, in seeing what God had done, and improving God's goodness over the years, there was something within him that almost longed for the challenge, longed for the next thing. Didn't want to sort of sit looking back on God's provision in the wilderness and the manna from heaven and all this sort of thing. But he said, this God, who's proved himself as a supernatural God, is now setting us and he's having this conversation. You read it in, let's just have a quick look at that, in Joshua chapter, chapter 14. It's a great thing and uh, they're, they're coming to speak to uh, Joshua. Um, the men of Judah, that was his tribe, approached Joshua at Gilgal, Caleb son of Jephunneh. You know what the Lord said to Moses, a man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. It goes on to say he brought back positive convictions and brothers who went up made the people's hearts melt with fear. You know, there's a salutary lesson there that, that it brings us back to the power of the tongue. You know, the declaring of fears and obstacles and alternatives. It can have a negative effect. You can bring reports that have a negative effect. We need to be very, very careful. I, however... Followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Or in the other version it talks about completely. Uh, which is very interesting because that is also translated, I surrendered fully. And you see, that place of surrender is the first step towards the place of, of peace and moving forward in the purpose of God. 
he completely or wholly, or if you like to take the other term, surrendered. So on that day Moses swore to me, the land which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children. Now then, just as the Lord promised, the promise of God again. He's kept me alive, so here I am. Just as vigorous to go out to battle, now as I was then. Now give me this hill country. Give me this mountain that the Lord promised that day. And we'll deal with the Analekites and the giants. The Lord helping me, I, drive, I will drive them out just as he said. So that's what Joshua gave him. Interestingly, just jumping down the story a little bit, um, he promised to give his daughter to the person that came to help him. And that's what he did. Uh, Othniel was the guy. And then, so he gives this land, and then the daughter comes and says, um, you gave me the land, but I'd like some springs. Give me also springs of water. See, there was something about reaching on that seemed to get transferred into the next generation, into the, into the daughter, that wasn't just going to be, oh, yeah, I've got this husband, I've got this land, but actually, what's next? This same sense of reaching on to the fullness of the purpose of God. An exciting opportunity. Yes, we can look at the giants. Yes, we can hear the reports. Or we can believe what God has said and see this adventure worked through. I think that sounds to be the more positive, happy, determined place as we go forward. There's... um, The word crisis uh, has, has two elements of meaning, particularly there's two Chinese uh, word pictures that come together to form that, that word. Um, one of them speaks of danger and the other one speaks of opportunity. And I think that we have that opportunity even when there's danger to actually seize and choose the right way. So adventure for the children of God was basically where the cloud went. Where the cloud went, that's where God was. That's the place to go. I'm coming back and I feel that there's something that God's saying to us about the cloud moving and about this new time of adventure. Anybody up for it? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, the adventure is determined and driven by what he's done and what he says, not just what we need to do. That's what makes it the adventure in God. So what's the hill country? What's your hill country? What's your adventure? 
See, let's just, let's just think about ourselves for a minute. What's the adventure for our children? You know, I was watching Malachi here this morning. What, what would be the adventure? What would it look like? What, what's the adventure? Um, somebody taking our young people currently sitting exams. Somebody like Jacob Baden. What, what, what would be the adventure for him? What about Nate going off to uni? What, what, would, what would be an adventure in God for her? Or someone like George just starting out, sort of early career. What, what's the adventure for him? Or what about parents? Wilco and Keisha and their hands full. What, was, what, what would be the adventure there? Or what about one of our noble statesmen like Alan? I hope you're not finished with adventure. <laughs> yeah. See, this, this has definite personal application. All right. Questions. What questions have you come up with? From what I'm saying, I need my pen writing down. Spirit of adventure. Risk. Opportunity, certain things to deal with, looking at the story of Caleb, breaking out from, I'm not saying we stop being dependable, but it might not be quite so predictable. What's God birthing in us? In these coming days, that's what's, that's what's going to be happening as we begin to see, test what God is saying. Any questions? The thing I was thinking about is the things about faith. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a question, but just, you know, we start off recapping the things that God said to us over these six weeks, and yeah. I think he's even further back, like the curiosity stuff. Yeah. Like, bring it to mind. My question would be, what's the stuff that God's been saying to us over the last okay. years of a prophetic nature that, that where we would expect that faith to come from? Okay. Nathan's saying it's going to be worth visiting what God has said to us, uh, not only in the immediate, but over the years, so that we, we have a basis of faith. Yeah? So, are there spiritual realities that we need to deal with? Yeah, 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 okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm certainly. I won't answer that now, but I'll certainly pick that up 
I mean, other than what we've already said, as a spiritual reality of the danger of listening to the, the negative, the what-ifs, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the problems, as against to listen to what God said. Yeah. Come on Tuesday. Uh, more than more than what we talk about then, but uh, absolutely. Um, I touched on it. Uh, I, th- I I really do feel that we're in the, at any moment God could just open the way for us to uh, have an additional place of. Uh, influence profile for the gospel's sake um, in in this community, in this nation. I've written that down, though, Anthony. I think every individual has to answer that question but I would say even if I think I've got it in me I still want more so uh, this is this feels if if we're picking up if I'm picking up what I feel God is saying this feels a step beyond so whatever we've previously engaged it could be a step beyond yes Yes. Okay. That says to me a confirmation about this is this is the timing. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Anybody else? I didn't catch the last thing you said. Um, How do we get that sense of adventure? And not just going off and doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Um, I'll just answer that. I'll come to you, Rich. See, this is, this is the value that we have. Um, we're in real relationship where we talk about real things. There will be, uh, I'm sure, things that we have to say, no, this is, this is clearly what, what I know God is saying. But you see, if you, let's say you came and said, you know, the, that spirit of adventure, I've decided that um, God wants to give us some money, so I'm going to rob Lloyd's bank. <laughs> See, straight away we'd be able to guide you on the basis that, no, that's, 
God won't tell you to do something contrary to his word. Um, so there, there's that kind of, I mean, using an extreme thing that, uh, well, maybe not in your case, but <laughs> uh, he was talking, he didn't listen to what I said then, you see. Yeah, I, I think the very nature of this is that we have to be ready to embrace things which are not in our ordinary. And I'm telling ready as a, as a company of people to embrace that which is not just in our ordinary. And I think that that flexibility, with all the love and care of being able to talk things in a real way, um, I think God will help us to, to know the rightness of that. Rich? I think, you know, Caleb is a great example of that. Nothing deterred him from what God had said. And there was enough to deter him. You think 40 years of it. Uh, he was ap- absolutely fixed. God has said, and it therefore must be. I think fixing, fixing on the promise, very, very key. Robert. If, if what? I drive um, down into town and I write it in the What does it mean to Last week, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. As I'm saying today, very, very important because this is... I mean, he, David didn't know what I was already preparing to be talking about now. I hadn't talked to him, had I? So I, w- I thought it was very interesting... Um, that he should be contrasting the what if, as a, like the negative, as against looking to see how it could be with God's intervention. And uh, I, I felt that was quite an important confirming word for me personally in believing I'm hearing God in this at this time. Okay, so, Jeremy. Difference between a worldly pursuit of adventure and spiritual yeah. and the difference between the external uh, aspect of adventure, so pursuing things uh, outside and going places and, and the inward kind of spiritual spirit of adventure, which looks like a different thing. Yep, yep. I think I'll incorporate that going Do you know, let me just remind you that 2% of any community can start a movement. It's an established statistical fact. Only needs 2% of any group, any community that will start a movement. Yeah? Chris? Yes, yeah. Uh, 
interesting point kind of ties in with what Jeremy was saying as well. Um, you can't do this without that increased sense of, of connection, hearing God. I mean, you think, using the example of you, Caleb, there wasn't much encouragement for him. But somehow, he never, his heart kept pure. He wasn't diverted by all the groaning and complaining that was going on, all the things that happened, all these pe- people dying around him. That's got to be staying in a, in a very clear and close connection. So part of the adventure is got to be going to, we, we're going to walk closer. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Um, you ready? Where's Debs? Can we put, put up? Here's your opportunity to sign up. All right? You don't have to. Remember, it's an invitation that I'm giving you. I, you want to sign up to join this time, this spirit of adventure? Then you have opportunity to do that. Hmm. Lord, we say before you, Hmm. Hmm. Now you've got us you've got us intrigued. Lord, my brothers and sisters, they're just they're just really hearing this. But in what you said to me in these recent days, you've got me intrigued. I think, Lord, we dare say wherever you lead us, we have chosen and we'll choose to follow. Where else could we go, Lord? Because you have the words of life. And Lord, we dare to believe at this time that you ain't done with us. You've got something further that we might follow on in your purpose. And Lord, for those things which we cannot see, not so much the obstacles, but that which you've got in mind, that you're preparing us to to walk into, to be to be used by you. Lord, we just ask that you would give us the clarity that comes from hearing your word. We do believe, Lord, that we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We thank you, Lord, that you've delivered us from a life of meetings in buildings to actually be a real people and to make a real difference. We're picking up, Lord, from you that you've got something for us at this time. We thank you, Lord, for the individuals that you've set amongst us, that you're already using to, as it were, cause waves of your purpose and your goodness. And we ask your blessing upon them. We ask, Lord, for your increase upon them. We think, Lord, of Andrew Tizard and his groundbreaking work result to result in the saving of the lives of many babies. Think Lord of 
Lucy November and the work with the whole maternal health and midwifery. We think, Lord, of our brothers and sisters in Sierra Leone. And Lord, what you've said to us about that there, and we continue to stand amazed, Lord, that you've spoken over us that we will punch above our weight. We recognise, Lord, we ask you to help us to be more thankful and more grateful and recognise more about what you have done. And Lord, that your word may be clear over us and within us, that we may grasp what you've got for us in this season, this timing. Lord, that those who duly and righteously belong to you should be joined into your family for the glory of your name. Lord, we take this opportunity to just say to you, we're, we're up for this. We're up for this. Lord, we're keen to go, keen to be, keen to come into that place that you've provided for us. That, that spirit of pioneer, that spirit of adventure, that willingness to reach out to take that step whether it's Nay at university or Jacob in his exams or parents looking after kids oh you're a good God you're a good God you take us and you lead us to rich pastures Oh, hallelujah. Let's just lift up his name. Good God.